waiting on the Lord, what does that mean? That means to exchange. That means you've got something and he's got something. It's like at Christmas when you exchange gifts. You buy each other a gift. Well, in this case, the Lord wants us to exchange something. He would like for you to exchange what you have for something better that he has. But there's got to be an exchange. That what, that's what the word wait means. It means to exchange. And it's like a, a server at a restaurant. They, they are bringing you something from the kitchen. And so when you wait on the Lord, there's something coming from a better kitchen. But you got to wait. You got to wait in his presence. Wait doesn't mean I'm going to sit idly by expecting God to do something. That's not what wait is there. And so wait is is something that we have to exchange. Everybody say, "I'm, I'm I'm ready to exchange. Isaiah 61 verse 1, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because he's, the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. This is the sermon that Jesus picked up in Luke chapter 4 verses 18 and 19 when he went to the synagogue. This is what he often picked up and preached out of because it spoke of him. But I'm telling you, the anointing of God is for us today. The presence of God, the Holy Ghost is here for you tonight because you came. And the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives to open the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn so the Lord came and he has come and he came to heal the brokenhearted. the anointing was on him to open blind eyes physically but spiritually and to do all that he said and to make it the acceptable year of the Lord or jubilee everybody say double, double. hallelujah Hallelujah. Then this is what I want to get to, to appoint, verse 3, to appoint them that mourn in Zion. Here comes the exchange. To give them beauty for ashes. Hallelujah. I think this is one of my sermons. Hallelujah. Beauty for ashes. Ashes is a, a life of grief and humiliation. Ashes is something when it got burned down. In other words, there's nothing left. All you can see are ashes. You don't think there's anything that can be made of it. But God who turns, oh, we'll pull it all together, graves into gardens, bones into armies. Amen? That God takes ashes and turns them into beauty. And that word beauty is an ornament, a garland, a diadem. Uh, It's it's like something like a wreath put on you, uh, the victor's crown almost, because, but you have to exchange your ashes. You can't carry them around no more. No, you can't carry them around no more. You got to exchange them. Are you with me? Well, I don't know that I have any. Well, if you're always looking back, if you're always, uh, you know, this is wrong and that is wrong, then that's ashes and you got to get rid of it. Everybody say, Lord, I exchange. What am I exchanging? I'm exchanging the ashes of my life for a beautiful diadem, for a crown. Hallelujah. All right. He said, the oil of joy for mourning. Uh, Back in... um, December the 12th, 21, the Lord gave me the, I mean, he just put all these things in front of me. How am I going to get them out? Remember that prophecy? We've worked on it, really. We, we, we've wore a good warfare with it. And he really hasn't spoken anything different for 23, except he said to me, what are you going to do with what I said to do in 22? I thought we was working on it, so let's keep working on it. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, he said, um, 
uh, what am I talking about? Uh, beauty for ashes, uh, the oil of joy for mourning. He said, um, he said, oh, da, 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 da. Um, he said, I will bring much joy and power and overcoming for the church like never before. You need it for this hour. Um, he said, for my grace shall walk in. And, and let's see. Oh, for it's time to rejoice. I have it highlighted. It's time to be glad. Lay aside the mourning. Lay aside the sackcloth. Lay aside the things that would depress you and keep you down. How do you lay it aside? Well, you might want to turn off the TV. You might want to not look at that Twitter feed. Come on, lay it down. Lay it down. Well, I need to be informed. Somebody will tell you, trust me. Somebody will tell you. Hallelujah. Well, whatever's been going on your side, it's time to lay it down. It said it's time to rejoice. So lay aside the sackcloth. Lay aside the mourning. So what do you have, who has to do that? I do. So he said here in Isaiah 61, y'all with me? It says for the oil, of, he'll give you the, we, we got to exchange something. So unless you lay aside the mourning, unless you lay aside the sackcloth, you can't get the oil of joy. The oil of joy. How many know joy is better? Amen. How many know the joy of the Lord's your strength? Yes. So if I do without joy, uh, then I'm doing without strength. And if I'm doing without strength, I'm not going to be walking very well, and I'm definitely not going to be running. Come on. What do I got to do? I got to lay it aside. What do I got to do? I got to exchange it. So what am I going to do? I'm going to get rid of the morning. In other words, uh, yes, things happen to all of us in life, and I'm not belittling anything that's happened to you. Um, you know, we grieve, but we don't grieve like the world grieves. But, uh, but I'm telling you, we can't hang on to things that cause us mourning in our life. Amen? Hallelujah. The Lord said he would give you the oil of joy for mourning. Well, give it to me. No, you've got to give him your mourning. You got to give him your, because back in the old covenant, when something happened, they would put themselves in sackcloth and ashes, right? Right? What's he saying? He's like, you don't have to do that no more. Jesus has come. He took your, he took your uh, mourning. He took your grieving. He, he, he took your mourning. But whatever you're dealing with, you got to trade it in. Come on, you got to trade it in. You can't get a new car till you trade the old one in. Come on, you got to trade it in. You got to trade in what's going in your life for what he has for you. And he says he has beauty for you. He says he has the oil of joy for you. And it says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And this is what he said to me. I, I was coming here and he said, if they knew what season it was. This is what he said in the prophecy, but I knew that, but, but he said it to me really strong. If they knew what season it was, if they knew what season it was, come on. I know what Christmas season means for me. It means I got to buy people presents, but I also get presents. I know what season it is. I know what season it is. And if I know the season, then I can be expectant of what goes on in that season. In June, July, and August, I know I got to get out all my shorts and my tank top because it's going to get hot in Alabama, and I'm going to thank God for the man or the woman who invented air conditioning. Right? I know what season it is. But spiritually, do you know what season it is? Come on. The Lord is coming back. The Lord is coming back. 
come quickly, Lord Jesus. He is coming back. So I know what season it is. What season is it? It's the season of the glorious church. What season is it? It's the season of harvest. If you knew what season it was, you would rejoice. If you knew what time it was, you'd rejoice. If you knew what season it was, you'd rejoice. If you knew it. If you knew it, if not that you're hoping so, not that, oh, I wish this one would come to pass, finally a prophecy that comes to pass. No, if you knew what season it was, you would rejoice. Like the Apostle Paul, none of these things move me. I know what season it is. I know what season it is. I know what season it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness. Now, don't let that one get by you. We, we, everybody camps on the first three. But did you know that you were a tree planted by the rivers of living water? <laughs> Come on, it's a river because it's a move of the Holy Ghost. It's a river because it's a move. Anytime you see river, anytime you see well, or uh, uh, it's, a, it's a, talking about salvation. Anytime you see river, moving stream, you know that's talking about the flow of the Holy Ghost. Come on, you're a tree. Hallelujah. Psalms 1, you're a tree planted by the river of life. Come on, your, your roots go down deep into a move of God. Your roots go down deep into the water of the Holy Ghost. And therefore, no matter what's going on around us, your leaves will always be green. And you'll be the fruitiest tree in the garden. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because your roots go into a move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. You are a tree of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that he would be glorified. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'll just throw this one in because I'm in the neighborhood and I just like it. Verse 7. For your shame, you will have double. 7. For your shame, you will have double. I like what Joyce Meyer said. Double, 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 no more trouble. Come on, the Lord can give you. That's what the year, of the, the acceptable year of the Lord is, the year of Jubilee. If you knew what season it was. <laughs> no, if you really knew what season it was, you'd wake up with some pep in your step. Nobody at work could make you sad or mad. Because you know what season it is. Hallelujah. For your shame, you'll have double. For confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. For therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. So where there's double, there's joy. I said where there's double, there's joy. All right, sermon number one done. Hallelujah. All right, hallelujah. Let's see what this other one is. Glory to God. Um, the joy of the Lord is your strength. How are you going to get that joy? Well, you exchange mourning for the oil of joy. The uh, uh, depression, oppression, uh, uh, that spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise. The ashes in your life, you exchange for beauty. But again, you've got to be the one exchanging. 
You've got to come to God with something. Now, I know in our camp, in our circle, we always got to be confessing the right thing, and you should confess the right thing, and you don't be confessing, I'm weak, I'm sad, I'm lonely, I'm this, I'm that. No. But you've got to be real with yourself. You have something that you've got to bring to the Lord. When I'm weak, it doesn't say I'll never be weak. It doesn't say I'm never going to admit that I'm weak. It says when I'm weak, then I'm strong. It says let the weak say I'm strong. It says let the weak say I'm strong. Why? That'll change it. So you can't ignore it. Sometimes when people get into it, they don't get the wholeness of the revelation. It's not about ignoring something. Well, I'm going to ignore this and pretend it'll go away. It won't go away. You've got to deal with it. You've got to deal with it. So if you're in mourning, what do you got to do? You've got to trade it in. If you have heaviness in your life, what do you got to do? You've got to trade it in. If you're not joyful and full of victory and glory, you've got to do something about it. You've got to trade it in. You've got to trade in the mourning. You've got to pr- trade in the heaviness. Come on. Are you ready to trade it in? Are you ready to trade it in? Well, it's important to the Lord right now that you and I have joy and that we rejoice. It's important to him. Why? He's trying to change your equipment. He's trying to change your equipment. Remember I said to you, this is a common flow tonight. It comes up some things that we've talked about. But he's trying to change your equipment. He says you sow in tears, but you reap in joy. Do you know what season it is? Do you know what season it is? Do you know what? If you knew what season it was, you'd rejoice. It's your due season. Hallelujah. It's your season for the favor of God. We'll just bring up every song we sung all day. Hallelujah. It's my season for, yeah, it's my season. You got to believe it though. You got to believe it. I'm not here to try to work you up. I'm here to get you to believe something. Amen. It's my season. It's my season. It's my season for a breakthrough. It's my season for a miracle. It's my season for harvest. It's my season when all my children serve God. It's my season for the the seeds that I've sowed to come back to me. It is my season. It is my time. And since I know my season, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice. Hallelujah. The Lord needs you to be strong right now, but not in your own strength. I'm a person, you know, you know, I used to think I had a lot of willpower, but I found out that my willpower is not enough. I need some God power. Amen. So we're not talking about being strong in your own strength, in your will. Ooh, I'm tough. No, you got to be strong in the Lord. Amen. He needs you to exchange your strength for his. Because you're going to need it for this hour. Even though it's a season of great opportunity and great blessing. Because it's the end of the age. The devil is going to be the devil. But you can't be moved by him. You can't be discouraged by him. And you can't be looking at what he's doing. Because the scripture is true. A thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. But it's not coming near you. We got to get to believe in that. We got to be believing that. Listen to me, and I've had some opposition this year when it comes to physical things, but you know what I've decided? I'm just going to keep on moving. I'm going to keep on believing God. I'm, gonna, I, I'm healed by the power of God, and no matter what the weapon is, it will not prosper, and I'm going to keep on moving. I'm going to keep on moving. You keep messing with me, I'm going I'm to keep on preaching. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep on believing God. 
I'm going to keep on doing. <laughs> Out of the impossible, there'll be a miracle. I'm going to get every song tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I believe for it. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm strong. So let's look at that because if I got if I, I to trade in this morning for a garment of praise. I got to trade in my ashes for a beautiful diadem. I got to trade in, you know, um, uh, this sorrow for the oil of joy. And what does joy produce? The, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And again, I say to you, the Lord needs you to be strong. Not in yourself, but in him. Psalms 29, 11 says, The Lord will give unto his people. The Lord will bless his people. The Lord will give strength unto his people. That's the punchline. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Psalms 46, 1. God is our refuge. God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. Everybody say, the Lord is my strength. Isaiah 41.10, fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I'm going to say it again. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God's with you. God's not only with you, he's in you. Come on, that's better than the old covenant. God's not just with you, he's in you. That's why we can say greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. It, said, it says this. It said, uh, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Be, don't be dismayed. Don't be so totally confused. You don't know where you're at. For I am your God. I am your God. And I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Hallelujah. So we're strong. Let's look at something in the New Covenant. Colossians 1.11. Colossians 1.11. It says we're strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Everybody say, I'm strengthened. strengthened. With what? All All might. All might. According to what? Lord, you you, you can't drain that out. Come on, he's got power. And he's strengthened you with all might according to his glorious power. Unto all patience. And long-suffering. Well, how long do I got to wait? I'll wait as long as it takes. Well, this is taking too long. If you believe God, it doesn't matter. I'll just keep on standing. And when I'm done, I'm just going to keep on standing. Well, will I see it if you keep on standing? If you don't care how long it takes, it won't take long. If you make up your... Because if you say, well, I'm going to do this for a day... I'm going to try this tithing thing once. Well, that's not going to work for you. I'm going I'm to try to wait on the Lord. That's not going to work. I'm going to wait. I'm going to believe for it. I'm going to trust God. And you'll be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power into all patience, long-suffering, and there it is again, with joyfulness. So anyone who's strong is full of joy. If you don't got any joy, you don't got any strength. Your joy-o-meter determines your strength-o-meter. And you and I are fooling ourselves. If we sad and mad and don't know what's going on, then we are not strong in the Lord. We are not strong in the Lord. Your joy tells me how strong you are. 
Your joy is not based on what you see. It's not based on what you feel. It's not based on what everyone is doing. It's based on you waiting upon the Lord and you receiving from the Lord. And, and, and you're strong because the joy of the Lord, Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so whatever, if you're strong, then you'll have some joy. I don't know if I'm helping you, but I'm helping me. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm full of joy and I got the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your joy, O meter, determines your strength, O meter, and you need strength to resist the devil. You need strength to stand against sickness and disease. You need strength to stand against any attack of the devil because that strength will propel you. That grace will cause you to stand. And that the joy of the Lord, come on, listen, the Lord could have done it in a lot of ways, but he would just like you to be full of joy and have the victory and laugh all the way to the end. Hallelujah. That's not a horrible way to go. That's not a horrible, it looks silly to the mind, it looks silly to the flesh, it looks silly to the world, but if the Lord said, you know, if you just rejoice, you'd be strong. And if you knew what season it was, you would rejoice. And if you knew the season and you rejoice and you're strong, then you can harvest during this season. Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant to you according to riches of his glory to be strengthened with all might by his spirit in the inner man. We're not talking about strength in our flesh. We're talking about strength of the spirit. That strength of spirit causes you to be able to stand. Philippians 4.13, you know this one. I can do through who does what? I can do all things through the anointed one who strengthens me. Amen. Amen. So then you can begin to say some things. What's the Lord talking about? He wants you to exchange something. And the main thing he wants you to exchange is your strength. Your, I can't do this anymore. Your, this is taking too long. Your, where are you, God? Your, are you going to do it? He wants you to turn that in. Come on, I'm talking to the right people. Come on, we all know better. I don't know if I'm helping you again, but I'm helping myself. Come on, we're going to turn it in tonight. Amen. We're going to exchange it. I can't do it in my strength. I can't do it in my power. I can't finish my course in my own strength. You can't finish your course in your own strength. But I can do all things. I can do all things. All things. All things. All spiritual things. All natural things. Just all things. All things through Christ who strengthens me. Then you can confess this. Psalms 27.1. The Lord is my light. Psalms 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the strength of my life. Come on, confess that with me. Say, the Lord is the strength of my life. Let's say it together. The Lord is the strength of my life. Come on, say it together. The Lord is the strength of my life. And then you can just boldly say, therefore, I am not afraid. Why? Because God's got me. The Lord is the strength of my life. I'm not afraid. None of these things move me. But the Lord has to be the strength of your life. This can't be just talk. This is a, has to be a belief with talk. This has to be a belief with confession. The Lord is my light and he's my salvation. I'm not going to fear anything. The Lord is the strength of my life. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be afraid. Hallelujah. I like Exodus 15 too. The Lord is, the, it, the Lord is my strength. Exodus 15 too. 
Who's ever up there? You're doing really good. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Are you saved? Yes. This is for you. He is my God. And I will prepare him a habitation. My Father is God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength. And I'm going to sing about it. He's my salvation. He's my God. He's my God. I'm with my words. I'm going to prepare him a habitation. He is my, God is my father. My father is God. And I will exalt him. Amen. Amen. He's my strength. He is my strength. Lord, you're the strength of my life. You are my strength. I like this one, Psalms 18 too. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. He's my buckler and the horn of my salvation. He is my high tower. Well, that's a seven-part series just right there. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. He is my strength. Amen. I trust him. He's my shield and my buckler. He is the horn of my salvation. He's my high tower, and I run into him, and I'm safe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say, the Lord is the strength of my life. Hallelujah. So again, how do we get strength? Where we started. Wait on the Lord. He gives power, Isaiah 40, 29. He gives power to the faint. I said he gives power to the faint. He gives power to the faint. Hallelujah. He gives power to the faint. He gives power to the faint. There's nothing wrong with saying, I can't do this in myself. There's nothing wrong with saying, I need your strength. My willpower, not enough. I need some more God power. How am I going to get it? I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on the Lord. Decisions. 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 Don't make a bad situation worse by making a further bad decision. Someone listen to me. Decisions. 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 Don't make a current bad situation worse by making another bad decision. What do I got to do? Well, I got to wait on the Lord. Because also, I'll give him what I know, and then he'll give me what he knows. He absolutely knows the future. You can't figure it out. You don't know what, if you do this, what's going to happen. But he knows what, if you're going to do this, that's going to happen. He knows if you're going to do that, then this is going to happen. He absolutely knows the future. He absolutely knows the future. We should, uh, in this season, because God wants to do so much for you, um, we, we should be spending as much time in his presence as we possibly can. You should be doing what you're doing tonight. Gather. Anytime there's a gathering that you should be a part of, you should gather. The corporate anointing is so very valuable to you right now. The, that strength, the corporate anointing, the strengthening power of God is very... So I commend everybody in the room.
You know, not everybody can come to every service, and I'm not talking about religion where if you, don't, you, know, you didn't come to church that night, you're going to hell or anything. I, I know that people can be extreme, but anytime you can gather, you should gather. There's something about the corporate anointing that will help you. And right now what the Spirit of God is wanting to do is he's wanting to strengthen you. And um, there's a number of ways to get that. You can confess for it, which is, you know, um, I, uh, because strength and joy go together. The joy of the Lord is my strength. But we're told, you know, he told us uh, we're supposed to be rejoicing with joy. So if I take, even if I don't feel like it, if I begin to take the joy, which is the fruit of the Spirit, if I walk in the Spirit, I'll not fulfill the lusts of my flesh. So if my flesh don't feel like rejoicing, when I step over in the Spirit, what is Spirit? Jesus said, my words, they are Spirit and they are life. So I begin to preach. I begin to preach. I begin to speak the Word. You can preach to yourself. You don't need me. Preach. You do need me. Hallelujah. But, but you need to, um, you need to um, speak the Word to yourself. Preach the Word to yourself. And then, then, so you just tell your flesh to shut up. And you start speaking the Word. You start, you start preaching to yourself. And, and then you begin to act on it. I have joy. I don't feel like it. I have joy. You don't feel like it. I have joy. I got joy unspeakable, full of glory. I rejoice in the Lord always. Hallelujah. In all things, I give you thanks. Hallelujah. You are the joy and the rejoicing of my soul. You are my strong tower. You're the strength of my life. You're a present help to me in this time of trouble. Hallelujah. You are my light and my salvation. Hallelujah. You're my strong tower. I run into you and I am safe. I rejoice in you always. I rejoice in you always. Hallelujah. So you just, yeah, you almost talk yourself into it, but not in your own strength with the word of God, with the anointed word of God, with the rhema of the word of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So you, how do you get the strength? You wait on the Lord. Well, strength can come too, um, I believe, uh, by an exchange. Um, I believe the, uh, because the, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me. Um, that driving out weakness and then exchanging or inputting the power of God in you, you mixing that with faith can strengthen you right then in your inner man. In your, when your inner man gets strong, your body doesn't have much choice but to come along. Yes. Come on, get that inner man. Let's get our inner man so strong. Hallelujah. And yes, renew your mind, renew your soul, and, and just and drag, crucify your flesh and drag it along. Hallelujah. And then it'll catch up to you and it'll be glad. Hallelujah. 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 So um, I had this on my heart. Um, I went fishing before the service just to see. But um, can I have the worship team? I don't know what we're going to do. Um, y'all just come, though. Hallelujah. I don't know. We'll figure out something. Um, Robert, come here. Hallelujah. Do you have anything to say? Yes. You do? Okay. Then after that, we're going to do something, and then we're going to do something. All right. All right. So say something, then we'll do something. 
So yesterday, last night, I told Rachel, I said, I feel like pastor's going to ask me to share his saturation service. And I told Rachel because I wanted, I hate it when I tell her that the Holy Spirit's been ministering to me uh, after the fact. And then uh, when I left church this morning, I felt like it again. And uh, as I was driving home, the Holy Spirit dropped something in my heart. And then pastor, like he said, he came fishing and I never want to show my cards. So I just keep it close to the chest, and I just said, whatever, Pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me turn my auto lock off on my phone because I'm going to need it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, we'll just go back to that scripture that Pastor started with uh, uh, in Isaiah about waiting on the Lord. You know that the steps of the what? Righteous are what? Ordered by the Lord. And that when you go to Isaiah and you see that, that it's ordered uh, or, or, you know, the, the Lord is ordered the steps of the righteous and you go back to that. But what you see is, is you see us waiting on the Lord like a waiter waiting on a table. And so we come to the table of the Lord to see what he has for us and what he tells us to do. That's what we do. Amen. You don't go to a restaurant and order a steak and then they bring you chicken and you're happy about it. No, you ordered something different, right? You want them to bring you what you ordered. When obeying God, when he gives the order, is the key to waiting on him. And that's where the strength comes from. And so you can't get out there and do your own thing and expect to be strengthened. So when it comes to saturation service, and I don't know if Pastor Mark's going to do it, I might put him on the spot and, and force it to happen, but I believe he's going to pray for everybody in the room. And that's waiting when the, so when he prays for, if we go that direction, I don't know if we're going to go that direction, but he, even if someone, even if he doesn't pray for us tonight, as the worship team worships, there's orders that are being given. And when you obey those orders, that's when you make an exchange. So if he tells you to get down on your knees and worship, but you don't follow that order, then there will be no exchange. If he asks you to run around the room and you don't run around the room, then there will be no exchange because you're not doing what God has ordered you to do. Therefore, you cannot exchange your weakness for his strength. You cannot exchange your ashes for his beauty. You're just going to sit there and then leave with the same ashes you came with. Glory to God. See, he wants to exchange. But he needs us to cooperate. And so as pastor was ministering, I was like, ah, I know it, I know it. And so where he took me was the temptation of Jesus. And uh, I ministered at the Mighty Men's about that out of Matthew 4. But he took me to Luke 4. And you understand, well, we'll just go all the way to the top of this. And it says, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit. Someone say, by the Spirit. So who's ordering this? Come on now, who's ordering this? Well, who's the Holy Spirit work for? <laughs> well, he works for the big guy. Hallelujah. He doesn't do his own thing. Whatever he hears, that's what he says. Whatever God tells him, it's what he does. So God is the one that's orchestrating this. This has been ordered by God for Jesus to go out into the wilderness and be tempted there 40 days by the devil and to fast, which means he didn't eat anything. Uh -huh. Mm-hmm. All right, now jump all the way down. We're not going to read the whole temptation because I don't want to take up too much time. But verse 12 says, and then Jesus said to him, and every time the devil came, what did he do? He responded with the word, right? And Jesus answered it and said unto him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. 
Now, when the devil ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So that's interesting. The devil's going to come back. Listen, you just resist the devil. He flees from you. The next time he comes, you resist the devil. He flees from you. The next time he comes, you resist the devil. He flees from you. Amen. Every temptation he has, every challenge he has is not greater than the word of God that's been given to you. Release that word through your mouth and the devil will flee from you. But he's going to come at another more opportune time. Listen to it real quick before we get to this next part. Don't give him those opportunities. He's already coming with his own agenda, and he's going to show up when you don't want him to. I think the believers make the mistake. They give the devil more opportunities than he's desiring anyways. Just like what pastor said about decisions, and I'll go to the same side. Hallelujah. (laughs) And we talked about it at midweek service when pastor and them were in India. You know, we always think the devil's our problem. You're your problem most of the time. In our choices we make, we give him opportunities to come and steal and kill and destroy. You've got to go in the steps that God has ordered. And when you follow the steps that God has ordered, you won't give the devil all these opportunities to come steal, to kill, and destroy. And then I heard Joyce Meyer say this, if you'll seek God like you're desperate, you'll have less times of desperation. (laughs) Glory to God. Yeah, Joyce, with all them shoes with them bigger jewels on them than I got in my whole closet. I mean, she just dressed up there real nice, looking all good and everything. Seek him like you're desperate. How? By following the steps he's ordered. And when you follow the steps he's ordered, you'll have less times of desperation. Because now you're staying on the steps that he's ordered. But look at this next part, verse 14. Jesus, this in, in my Bible it says he begins his Galilean ministry, Galilean ministry. Look at this. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. So whatever season you've been in, God's not bringing you out of that season weak. And then what Pastor just referred to multiple times, Luke four eighteen. That's four verses after this. So Jesus, when he got up there and preached, he didn't preach. Weak and feeble, he preached with power and demonstration. And this is what he's wanting to do tonight. He's wanting to minister to you to bring you, like Pastor was saying, do you know the season that you're in? But God's wanting maybe to bring us out of this season of ashes into this season of beauty. And the way he's going to do it is by the spirit and power. Glory to God. And so when we come to saturation services, it's about a separation that's happening in our lives. Right? 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And we'll just read this scripture and then I'll give it back to Pastor Mark. Someone say, I'm glad I came to church. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And I'll be reading out of the Amplified Classic version. He's wanting to bring you out. Someone say, bring me out. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we'll just start in verse 22 because it's so good. Abstain from evil. Did you hear all those amens on that one? Wow, it was like a wave of agreement. Glory to God. Whew. So another way to say it is stay on the path that he's ordered. Stay on the steps that God has ordered. Abstain from the path of evil. Right? And this is how he brings us out in spirit and power. Abstain from the path of evil. Shrink from it and keep aloof from it in whatever form or whatever kind it may be. 
Now, I can get there and preach, and this is real good. You know, I remember one time at the youth ministry, I brought a, a bag of broccoli with me because I was talking about how sometimes the word of God, you know, uh, is good for us, but we don't want to eat it. And uh, they were, you know, spent a couple weeks being real distracted on their phones and stuff. And so every time I saw a student on their phone, I threw a chunk of broccoli at them. <laughs> I said, this is good for you. You need it. And I hit a couple kids in the face with broccoli while they're looking at their phone. Hallelujah. And they learned something to pay attention to the Lord. You need to abstain from those distractions, whatever kind they may be. And pastor, by utterance of the Holy Spirit, gave a warning to someone in the room, and I would listen to that, abstain from that distraction, whatever it may be. Whatever their name might be, whatever device it may be, abstain from it. Remove your foot from it, right? Glory to God. Now, verse 23, and may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, separate you from profane things, and make you pure and wholly consecrated to God. Now, if it's not up on that screen, that word right there, holy, is not holy as in be holy as the Lord is holy. It's holy as W-H-O-L-L-Y as in your whole being. So what's interesting, and you go back to Luke 4.18, and he ministers to the brokenhearted. Well, you know your spirit's perfect, so when he ministers to the brokenhearted, what's he ministering to? Your mind, your will, your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So you can look at it this way. God wants to take care of your whole being. Amen. He healed your body. He saved your mind. I've given you a sound mind. Amen. Right? He healed your body. He, he broke part. He, he wants to take care of your whole being. Amen. So here's the question tonight. Are you ready to let God take care of your whole being? Because whatever you hold on to, he'll let you keep it. But there's something happening in the room where if you'll exchange it and give it to him, then you think of that scripture, cast your cares upon the Lord. Well, cast, that's a verb. That's an action. So how do I cast? Well, I wait on him. Well, how do I wait on him? When he speaks for me to do something, I do it. And that's waiting on the Lord. And y'all waited on him tonight. Y'all came to church. Be proud of yourselves. Amen. And so he says, I want to minister to your whole being. Someone say my whole being. Making you pure and holy, consecrated to God. And may your spirit and soul, what? Your spirit and soul and body be preserved, sound, complete. Now you go back to Matthew 10, or I'm sorry, Matthew 5, where Jesus is talking about being salt and light and talking about vows and marriage and don't be angry. And then he says at the end of that, be perfect as God is perfect. And that's not really translated that great. You look it up, well, it's really translated and it says, be complete as God is complete. He's complete. And he wants you to be complete. In your body, he's already made your spirit perfect. Come on now. But he wants to minister to the rest of our being. Our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. And I love what Pastor Marker says at saturation lots of times. Your flesh needs the spirit of God more than any other part of you. And so he wants to pour his spirit out upon you. May I pour my spirit out upon all flesh. Glory to God. 
Why? Because he wants to, and I think sometimes we think that God is only interested in our spirit. And yes, that's how the Holy Spirit communicates to you because he is a spirit. And those who worship him, worship him in his spirit and truth. And you have a spirit. And that's the part that's going to live forever. That's the part that's connected to God. And that's where revelation comes. It doesn't come to the natural mind. It comes to the spirit. And then the spirit brings revelation to the natural mind. So you have to have the spirit. And your spirit is perfect. Some will say perfect. But now God wants to minister to the rest of you. Can we believe that Jesus wants to minister to our whole being? Somebody say this with me. Say, Jesus, minister to my whole being. Tonight, he's going to help you in your mind. Tonight, he's going to help you in your emotions. Tonight, he's going to help you in your body. Why? Because you're going to wait on the Lord and you're going to exchange some things. And as you wait on him and as he ministers to your mind and as he ministers to your body and as he ministers to your soul, now there's a separation from things that have held you in bondage for the last three years. From fear from anxiety, from worry, from concern. And don't feel bad about having those things because, and I know we don't like to talk about this, but the Bible talks about how Jesus was anxious. But he overcame that anxiety. How? By waiting on the Lord. He went to the garden and he waited. Then he came back and he yelled at his disciples and then he went and he waited. And then he came back. I know we like to think that Jesus is a teddy bear, but he was a hard man. Y'all read the New Testament. Read the Gospels. He wasn't soft. He was direct. I don't know that Jesus would be welcome in a lot of pulpits. Even in one of his most compassionate moments with the woman caught in adultery, he said, go and sin no more. Even that wasn't terribly lovely. But yet, even though he's direct, he's always good. And he's wanting to demonstrate his goodness. And the presence of God is here to demonstrate the goodness of God. To minister to your whole being. Someone say my whole being. To separate us from profane things. To make us pure and holy, consecrated to God. And may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved, sound, and complete. 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 Where does our completeness come from? Doesn't come from this world. Doesn't come from relationships. Doesn't come from extracurricular activities. Doesn't come from our completeness. Comes from him. And he's wanting to heal us. To minister to us. So we can leave tonight complete. And he's bringing us out in spirit.